Welcome to the Koji Podcast, episode 8. Today I'm joined by my brother Joshua. Hello, Joshua. Uh, yes, this is me. Greetings. Uh, today we're going to continue from our last podcast because cause this is part 2 of 2. Uh, of the third talk of uprooting vices and planting virtues. So go watch part one if you didn't watch it yet. Let's get into it. Okay, so today is a beautiful day, and at the end of the day, another day older. At the end of the day, another day dumber. <laughs> okay, <laughs> now people just born dumb. We're gonna end this day being smarter. Okay, <laughs> so the virtues. So last week we were talking about the seven capital sins. And the virtues that oppose them. But we didn't really get into what a virtue is. We only like uh, gave the description for what a vice is. And we're going to talk about the different kinds of virtues there are. Like <clears throat> like different categories. Mm, okay. okay. Now oh, the virtues. Wait, hold on. Can I just say that every time you say vices, it reminds me of like the word vice principal. Or vice president. Or vice president. Kamala Harris. <gasps> Full of vices. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Kamala Harris is full of vices. Okay. Now, the virtues. We all know individuals who are inclined more than others to to do good. We call these people virtuous because of their tendency to goodness. A virtue is therefore defined as a disposition or habit of our character to follow the commands of our reason. In other words, to do what is morally good. Even the pagans of ancient times recognized the existence of of virtues such as loyalty, courage, and mercy, and encourage the practice of them. Because it's talking about, like, um, that even, like, the Romans, <clears throat> they understand, they understood some virtues, like, the, the natural virtues, not the supernatural virtues. Like, and the reason it was good is because it was... You mean, like, courage and bravery and... Yeah. Oh, like, like patriotism for your own country. Yeah, like... Yeah, they... Like, if you, they, if, they, you they, if you watch Gladiator, that's an example of virtue... The the Romans respected. Yeah, they yeah they they knew, understood natural natural virtue. So there's there's a difference between natural and supernatural, and yeah, those are the, just the natural virtues that they had, which are good. Yeah. It's, it's, it describes virtue right here as a a habit of our character to follow the commands of reason. So we practice the virtues by habit, you know, the yeah. natural virtues. Okay, now however, the pagans and their equivalents today. Did not know God or the plan of salvation. He has offered us through his son. Oh, sorry. The plan of salvation he has offered us through his son, Jesus Christ. For the pagans, the moral good was a natural good. That is something that leads to happiness in this world. The pagans practiced the virtue in order to enjoy good relations with their neighbor, for instance, or health of body. Or simply the peace, the peace of conscience that comes from doing that which is right. But to us who have become sons of God through grace, the good for which we are striving is something far beyond any reward in this life. It is God himself and the enjoyment of everlasting life with him. 
For the Christian then, virtues are the habits of our souls that dispose us to do those things that please God and lead us to heaven. It's saying that pagans, they held the virtues like, the reason it was a good thing for them is because it brought uh, happiness in this world. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there we but, go. So like, they were respected by their neighbors. You know, they had good, you know, contact with their neighbors and friends. They had a good reputation. Yeah, they had, their conscience was clear. Just naturally, when we do bad things, our conscience bugs us about it. Yeah. So, but us, you know, though we, you know, that comes with it and the plan of salvation to be with God. So we're not thinking only about this world. We're thinking about God and heaven. So it says right here, you know, at the end, the last sentence, for the Christian then, virtues are the habit of our soul that disposes to do those things that please God and lead us to heaven. Yeah. We're not like the Romans, Okay. For this reason, there is a great difference between the virtues as practiced for earthly motives, motives and the practice of virtues for the sake of God. In the first case, the virtues are natural. That is, they are carried out by purely human effort. It is impossible, however, for human nature on its own to do anything for a supernatural motive or worthy of a supernatural reward. For that, we need divine help, also known as grace. When God gives us the, the gift of his divine life at baptism, he also includes the gifts of supernatural virtues, which enable us to attain our final end, that is, himself. Mm -hmm. Through baptism, grace is infused in us, right? Yeah. So, through that grace, the virtues we practice mm -hmm. become supernatural. Only through the grace of God. Only through the grace of God. Yeah. By ourselves, we can't do that. It's impossible. It's saying right here, since we're human... We have no way of attaining a supernatural reward. That's why Jesus, when Jesus Christ died, that's why we say he died for our sins. So he brought the grace, you know, for us. He paid for our sins so that, you know, if we want, if, you know, if we will it, we can, you know, reach heaven Yeah. With, through those virtues and through the grace of God. Okay, let us repeat, repeat this fundamental point. Human nature, unaided by God's grace, can do nothing to reach heaven. Not even the best examples of purely human virtue are worthy of the infinite, infinitely good re reward of union with God. Man must be specially equipped with sanctifying grace and the supernatural virtues which come with it in order to work on the level of the supernatural. We, when we are in the state of the grace, the virtues we exercise are worthy in God's sight of, re of a reward. Namely, an increase of grace. It is as though, because we are filled with God's life, God looks on our actions as though they were His. But without grace, our actions, good as they seem, remain simply our own natural works. And as such, their effect is limited to the natural sphere. The only way to reach heaven is through supernatural um, faith and virtue. But only God can give it to us, like we said. So if you are in the state of, you know, uh, if you are out of the state of grace, if you are in mortal sin, you cannot reach heaven. <clears throat> Growth in virtue. Consequently, the Christian possesses it possesses two sets of virtues, the natural and the supernatural. The natural virtues he can exercise by his own power. As we saw above, these are dispositions or habits of nature which make it easy for us to do what is good. We also call these acquired virtues because they are acquired by the frequent repetition of good actions. An example of this might be the virtue of patience. Perhaps we are not naturally patient, and would like to grow in this virtue. The way to do this is to consistently exercise this virtue every chance we are given. At first, we have to struggle to overcome our bad habit of irritability. But as we continue to make acts of patience, 
We find it easier and easier until eventually patience becomes becomes a second nature to us. Like like you do it just subconsciously. You're used to it. Yeah, because a lot of people are like, well, how do I grow in patience? Or how do I grow in humility or whatever? Okay, with patience, look, like trust me, there's so many opportunities to practice patience. Yeah, like I said, you have to you have to um try to struggle in it every chance you got. If your parent, your brothers are bugging bugging you and stuff like that. Yeah, they're like the types of patience, like the patience that when someone something could be annoying you, and the patience when you're waiting for something. Yeah, but usually it's talking about like when you're annoyed. Annoyed. So, so let's say let's say um your bro- little brother starts making you embarrassed in front of your cool friends. You know, just cool it. If, I mean, if those if they don't like that, um, I mean, unless the brother's not doing anything, you know, bad or ridiculous, um, you know, maybe like he's just being friendly, he's just there, then you know you should you should let him stay there. And if those cool friends of yours uh don't like that. That just proves that they're not good friends to be with. So yeah, just at any time you got... With your brothers, with your siblings. Because usually when I do this podcast, I'm talking like to youth. You have so many opportunities. You already know when you're very irritated with your siblings. So that's a way we could grow in that virtue. That's an example. Now, complimenting these are the supernatural virtues which are not acquired by your effort, but rather given by God together with sanctifying grace. These are called the... These are also called infused virtues because they are infused that is poured into us at the moment of our baptism. Whereas the natural virtues dispose us to follow the commands of reason. The supernatural virtues dispose us to follow reason illuminated by faith. Faith, as we shall see further on, is itself one of the virtues by which we believe in God and all he reveals. It is a gift of grace of God because we cannot believe in him unless he himself gives us the power to do so. But once we possess the gift of faith, we are then able to act with the knowledge that God exists and that union with Him is our highest goal. In this way, the supernatural virtues make it possible for, for us to perform actions for God that are worthy of a word of grace. These virtues cannot be directly strengthened by our exercise of them as the natural virtues are, since they are purely the gift of God. Only He can increase them in us. But in the same way that God re- rewards our good actions when done in grace with an increase of grace, he can also increase the virtues which accompany grace every time we do good. In this way, all the good we do leads to a strengthening of the supernatural virtues, which in turn help us to do good. What is the relationship between these two sets of virtues we possess? The infused virtues, while making it possible for us to perform actions worthy of a supernatural reward, do not themselves dispose in us to perform acts of virtue. We know from experience that merely having received the infused virtues at baptism does not make the practice of the virtues easy. For that, we need the acquired virtues, which are the fruit of the exertion of our will. At the same time, whenever we exert our wills to perform an act of virtue, this accompanying infused virtue gives that deed a supernatural character. In this way, all the good that a Christian does becomes worthy of a reward from God. Infused virtues and acquired virtues. So, what it's saying right here is that when we do a virtue that would be considered natural, it becomes supernatural through those infused virtues. Yeah. Because, you know, with faith, because it's faith, okay, it's faith, hope, and charity. Those are the, the, ner- the infused virtues. And the infused virtues that we receive 
a supernatural reward from God. Okay, now the cardinal virtues. Let us now turn to examine the virtues individually. Cardinal virtues. Let us now turn to examine the virtues individually. Catholic theology identifies seven major virtues. The three theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity, and the four cardinal virtues of prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude. The cardinal virtues from the Latin cardo, meaning hinge, because they are like the hinges from which all other virtues hang, have as their object to relate us to ourselves and our fellow men, fellow men. The catechism defines them as follows. Prudence, uh, so it's, it's uh, like I said, prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude. So prudence is the virtue that disposes practical reason to discern our true good in every circumstance and to choose the right means of achieving it. The prudent, the prudent man determines and directs his conduct in accordance with, th with this judgment. With the help of this virtue, we apply moral principles to particular cases without error and overcome doubts about the good to achieve and the evil to avoid. Prudence disposes practical reason to discern our true good in every in circumstance. But it disposes practical And to reason. choose the right means of achieving it. Hmm. Pretty much uh, like wisdom. Oh. So. Oh, oh, okay. I remember what prudence means. Okay. Prudence means when you think about what you're going to, what like, when you think about what you, you think about what you're going to do before you do. That's what a prudence means. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to say something to someone, think about how the situation will turn out. Think about, um, how he's going to take it. Think about, you know, just think about what you're going to say. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's by using reason. Like, for example, if you're going to start, I am play baseball. Do you have to remember? Okay, look. Am I near windows and near people's houses? Am I in a you know in a safe place to do it? Maybe I should go to the park. Yeah. And play baseball instead of the street or your backyard or you know, if you have a back you know small backyard or whatever. So you got to use your reason to to be able to increase in this virtue. So it's think before you do. Sounds like a kid show. It does. Anyways, justice. Justice is the moral virtue that consists in the constant and firm will to give their due to God and neighbor. Justice toward God is called the virtue of religion. Justice toward men disposes one to respect the rights of each and to establish in human relationships the harmony that promotes equity with regard to persons and to the common good. A way to describe justice is fair. Just, justice um, gives punishment to those who have done wrong and gives reward for those who have done good yeah that's just yeah you gotta understand the justice it's to promote equity with regard to persons of the common good so that's what justice is fortitude is the moral virtue that ensures firmness and difficulties and constant constancy in the pursuit of the good it strengthens the resolve to resist temptations and to overcome obstacles in the moral life the virtue of fortitude enables one to conquer fear even fear of death and to face trials and persecutions in a way, it disposes one even to renounce and sacrifice his life in defense of a just cause. That means that we continue doing the like, right thing, like even if it's difficult. Like, like perseverance. Yeah, almost. It's like person, sort of like perseverance to stay Going. firm in difficulties. Yeah, even if it feels bad, you have to be willing to suffer for Christ, to suffer for the good, even to the point of death. Yeah. Temperance. Temperance is the moral virtue. That moderates the attractions of pleasures and provides balance in the use of created goods. It ensures the will's mastery over instincts and keeps desires within the limits of what is honorable. 
The temperate per person directs the sen sensitive appetites toward what is good and maintains a healthy discretion. The cardinal virtues, like it says right here, is like a hinge from which all other virtues hang. So that's why some of these sound similar to other virtues we were talking about yeah. in the last podcast. Like, for example, temperance. It's talking about moderation like in the attractions of pleasures. Self-control. So yeah, so self-control. That can go for gluttony. It can go for lust and mm. for sloth. We, we have to control our the pleasures or else they'll control us. Yeah. So keep those those in check. Pleasure is not bad. It's not the important thing in life. Because like, we're not looking for pleasure. We're looking for happiness. Because pleasure is just short term. Because people are like, oh, isn't pleasure and isn't happiness in pleasure? It, it does bring you happiness, but only for a while. Yeah, we, we, we're looking for eternal happiness. Yeah. For God's happiness. We're not looking for, like, we're not looking for world happiness because it's just, it ends very quickly. So the four cardinal virtues remove the obstacles to our goal and are the means by which we reach God. These virtues have natural and supernatural counterparts, and so we must work to acquire them. As we have seen by our sustained efforts moved by grace. Theological virtues. If we compare the spiritual life to a journey, the most important condition for our success is that we be pointed in the right direction. The role of the three theological virtues is to order us to that end. As the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches, the theological virtues adapt man's faculties for participation in the divine nature. For the theological virtues relate directly to God. They dispose Christians to live in a relationship with the Holy Trinity. They have the one and triune God for their origin, motive, and object. For this reason, they are called the theological. The Catechism defines them as follows. Faith. Faith is the theological virtue by which we believe in God and believe all that He has said and revealed to us. And that Holy Church proposes our for our belief because He is truth itself. By faith, man freely commits itself entirely to God. Okay, so... Like it said, faith is technically believing God believing God exists, God is good, and God will never be wrong. Whatever God does, it is good for us. Yeah, that, because he is higher than us. His Yeah. His mind is higher than us. Only if we could see what God sees, then we'd we'd be laughing at ourselves when we doubt him. Yeah. Cause there are people who yeah. are like why did these bad things happen to me? But if you really see the way, if you could only see the way that God sees, you'd be laughing at yourself. <laughs> yeah. And we have to learn that sacrifice and suffering is the way to go. Hope. Hope is a theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness. Placing our trust in God, Christ's promises and relying not on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. So hope is the, is the virtue by which we place our trust in Christ's promises and also the desire to reach heaven. So once we reach heaven, we don't have hope anymore. Yeah. Well, um, we don't have hope anymore because that hope is fulfilled. Because when, when you get to heaven, there is no need for hope. There's no need for it anymore. <laughs> well, it sounds bad, but... Yeah. Because that's the place we've been hoping for. Yeah. Charity... Is a theological virtue by which we love God above all things for his own sake and our neighbor as ourselves for the love of God. Okay, so it, it's, you know, it, it says right here, so direct. Love God above all things and neighbors ourselves yeah. for the love of God. It's direct. We don't really even need to go any further. Since these virtues are supernatural in their object, they cannot be acquired by our efforts. Rather, they are necessarily infused in us. 
and so they have no corresponding natural virtues. We may exercise these virtues individually by making acts of faith, hope, and charity, by which we explicitly move our minds and wills to believe in God, to desire Him as our end, and to love Him above all things, and our neighbor for His own for his sake. Although such acts do not directly cause the growth of the virtues since they are infused, they can merit an increase in grace, and in all the virtues any of our good deeds done in grace can. So saying that if we're trying to live in state of grace, we're trying to do our best for God, God, it's through those merits that, you know, it's through those actions that we merit grace for these virtues, but we can't directly, you know, influence them. Purity of intention. We have seen that all the good we do while in a state of grace is elevated by the infused virtues to a supernatural level and thereby becomes worthy of a supernatural reward. Yet the degree of our merit, that is the, the degree which God chooses to increase in us the gifts of his divine life and the virtues that accompany it, depends on a crucial, crucial factor, namely the purity of intention. Purity of intention means, means God having God alone as our object, free from all self-interest. Here the theological virtues play an important role, since it is these virtues that direct us towards God. When you practice an acquired virtue, even though it's supernatural, it is through our intention, the purity of our intention. Yeah. And um, it depends on that, on how much merit we were going to receive. If you're, you know, doing these virtues just to be like the Romans, like pagan, the yeah. pagans, it, it almost has no merit. Yeah. Because of that. So if we're doing it just for being looked upon as great and holy and whatever, but we're not doing it for the love of God, just, just for ourselves, we receive... Little merit. Continuing. It's quite possible to perform an apparently good action for many of different motives. Consider an example. Of all the people who attend Mass on a Sunday morning, how many are there to please their parents or spouse? How many attend merely out of habit? How may, how may, attend, how may they attend because they love God and wish to please Him? Obviously, each class of worshiper is worthy of a different reward for this good of act of attending Mass. The first group does not deserve reward, reward for his good, um, much reward at all. The second, somewhat more, but the third deserves a full reward from God because their intention was to only please Him. Yeah, so it's saying that going to mass on a Sunday, yeah, every Sunday, is always good, but it depends on our intention and how much merit we we receive. We're supposed to go. On Sunday, if we miss a mass on Sunday, if you didn't know this, you're a mortal sin. Well, I mean, if you I miss mean, it, if, through, you knew. If, you, if you miss it through, uh, if you knew you were supposed to go to mass. No, so saying, you give the example of those three people, the people who go there only to please their spouse or parents, and those who merely attend out of habit, and those who actually go just because they love God and wish to please Him. Yeah. So those who go just to please their spouses or their parents. They have um like very little merit because they're forcing themselves. They don't really care about God. But when you and you, when you go out of habit, we have to we have to do our best to to you know. Yeah, I feel like I feel like what's what makes the your prayer more meaningful is when it's like from your heart. Yeah, when you're meditating and you're trying your best just because out of love of God, not because you're forced. Yeah. So, yeah. So that one goes gets a little bit more merit than the one that that forced themselves. But they're just doing it out of habit. They're not really, you know, 
they're not really, you know, focusing that much. Yeah. And then the other one, the last one, who goes out of love of God, he receives the most merit because, because it was he's purely... really trying his best. In order to practice the virtues, uh, in order for that our practice of the virtues be authentic and, and as meritorious as possible, we must have a pure intention. How do we acquire purity of intention? By continually watching our motives in order not to... In order to avoid not only those that are obviously bad, but even those that are imperfect. In other words, by making frequent and intense intense acts of faith, hope, and charity, by which we direct our actions to God, we will, by purifying our intention every time we act. Um, in fact, there is no more crucial aspect to the life of virtue than attentiveness to our attentions. intentions. It is the direct and simple way to holiness. So all I'm saying right here is that when you got to just keep on looking at your intention, constantly bringing you back. Okay, am I doing this just because so I can be looked upon by other people as holy and good, or am I actually doing this just for for, or am I doing this for God, like purely out of God? So always want to have the best, you know, the purest of intention. We don't want to have the the lowest. Yeah. You know? So that's all it's saying, just to be you know aware of. Where you know why we're doing things? It's pretty much the end of our pod. I mean, of of the talk. So now we have questions for review. To remember from part one, so episode seven, and this one. What is a virtue and what is a vice? To put it simply, a virtue is a good habit. But obviously, we know there's two, two different ones. There's the infused virtues and acquired virtues. And then there, a vice is a is a bad habit. That leads us to sin and ultimately mm. to hell. <laughs> Here, you got to remember this. What are the capital sins and the corresponding virtue? Humility opposes pride. Generosity opposes covetousness. Kindness opposes envy. Meekness, which opposes anger. Chastity opposes lust. Temperance opposes gluttony. And perseverance opposes sloth. Yeah, so if you want to know more about why those virtues, those virtues oppose the those vices? capital sins... And those vices, then go back to episode 7, the episode before this one, so you can understand more. And number 3, how are the infused and acquired virtues different? Well, the infused virtues are infused in you in baptism, so faith, hope, and charity. And you can't really increase them directly. Only by do, you know trying to follow God, you know, always trying to do the best for God, then God can, by that merit... God can use it to increase the that infused virtue, but with acquired virtues, we can actually increase it directly by, you know, practicing virtues. What are the distinct roles of the theological virtues and the cardinal virtues in the spiritual life? The cardinal virtues remove the obstacles to our goals and are the means by which we reach God. So it's like those cardinal virtues within each of them carries a, a bunch of other virtues inside like we already talked yeah. about with temperance inside comes chastity perseverance you know abstinence you know a bunch of other virtues are inside of the capital virtues that's why it makes way for it, it, that's why it re removes obstacles to our goals and are the means by which we reach god yeah. and the, the the role of theological virtues point us in the right direction of our spiritual life so it's through faith, hope, and charity. The because since the faith, hope, and charity, the infused virtues make 
All our actions supernatural. Yeah. yeah. So it points us in the right directions towards heaven. And now the the fifth question: How are the habits formed? By consistently resisting temptation, we can practice the virtues and form good habits. It was a good show today, and that was pretty much it. Please like, subscribe, like, comment, and subscribe, and please share this video. We're trying to grow a bigger audience so that we can reach more people. We're making a animated little skit. Like, I don't know, how many seconds is it? Like, 30 seconds? It might be a minute. minute nah, not like a minute. Not a minute, but I don't know. 45 seconds. It probably, yeah. So, a little animated thing. Be sure to subscribe so you can get notified for that animation. I, I think it's coming out pro hopefully this month. Or next month, I don't know. And also, you know, just subscribe so you can get notified for other episodes. And thank you for watching. If you like this episode and want to see our beautiful, handsome faces, then go to our YouTube channel, Koji Fruits, where you can see us in HD perfection. See you next time.